Nihilus stroked the feathers of his two remaining arrows and released a heavy sigh. Two arrows could kill two men, sure enough, but it was three haunting his steps. Like baying hounds, they whooped and howled while he cowered in the shadows, bow gripped and shaking fist, guts turned liquid from fear. These weren't merely hired thugs. These were seasoned killers, each of them given grim titles for grim deeds. Two arrows would not be enough. Hello and welcome to another episode of Rogues in the House. This is episode 12. Thank you for joining us. Today we're going to do something a little bit different than what we usually do. We're going to make this a little more freeform. We have uh, a couple of ideas, but we don't actually know how this is going to pan out. But um, we're going to we're going to give it a go and see how we do. Uh, what is going on, Matthew? How are you doing? I'm off the chain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? <laughs> That's what's happening, man. Freeform. We're doing it. Sweet. Summertime. Sweet. Summer roll, baby. We're teachers. Did we have a rap song at one point? Yeah, rogues in yeah. the house. That's it. Yeah. Wicked, yeah, wicked, wicked rogues in the house. Now oh, that God. now that 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 scratching sound, Alex, is going to confuse our modern viewers, of which we have a lot. We have a lot yes. of. We have a lot of. Young Instagram kids who are really into this show, and so what's a turntable? Yeah, they're not. They don't know what that is. That is... I was actually imitating like someone past my age, <laughs> who also probably doesn't know what a turntable is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they all do right. now, though, because that's like what's cool again. I don't know. If you ask my dad, I don't know if he'd know. I feel like yeah, like <laughs> records are cool again. Um, but you see people who are like rocking tape tape decks and like mixtapes and stuff. I don't know. Maybe that's just in advertising or something, but yeah, I did like see that records back. are legitimately better quality sound. They, yeah. Well, they so it's like actually, that argument is valid. Yeah. They are supposed oh, yeah. to be, but I seriously doubt anyone can really hear it. No, yeah, that, that, probably. I would also agree. I mean, the difference with the record is it's actually like making it's, it's more of a physical thing. It's actually, uh, you know, using those grooves, etc., right. to sonic advantage. But yeah, I, I would call total BS. Um, Hearing the difference is like people who say they can taste the difference in wine. They're all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now I, I can that. taste the difference in wine. I don't know what we're talking <laughs> yeah, about here. Yeah, I, I can too. Like good or bad wine. But not you can. Although there are some surprisingly good wines, yeah. I got a five dollar wine from Australia for some cooking I did the other day, and I drank some, and it's really good. Yeah, I can't necessarily tell you whether it's expensive or not, but I can probably tell you what kind it is. Uh, you know, if if you handed me a Riesling and a Chardonnay, I'm gonna be able to tell you which is which. Yeah. So yeah. If you handed me a red and a white, I could tell you which is which. <laughs> the one that's <laughs> because cold I would look at is my a teeth. white wine. Yeah, yeah. Probably from Namedia. Yeah, yeah. Namedian red, bro. <laughs> <laughs> With your Hyborian deadlifts. Yeah, Hyborian deadlifts. You got to do it. I'm pretty sure that there is white Namedian wine in at least two stories. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember it ever. There's. Uh, I keep thinking of The Witcher. The Witcher has... Redanian red. Yeah, Redanian red. Yep. And like, doesn't have like cherry cordials. Like you can find all that stupid loot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like for, for junk. It's all yeah. kinds of that. All right, so we're free forming. 
We're freeforming. So at this point, maybe we should introduce Logan. Hi, Logan. I'm here. He's here. I'm here. He's here, folks. We've done I this before. I guess we could say all three rogues in the house. <laughs> uh, so for today, we're gonna uh, we're gonna forego the bizarre, the bizarre, mostly just because this is a freeform thing, uh, and we're gonna get right into it. Um, so the one thing that I wanted to um, kind of force us to do for fun, and perhaps for disaster, force it for fun. <laughs> you will read the outsiders a third time in your middle school career fun yeah man what was your favorite middle school book did you have a favorite middle school like that you had to read that i had to read yeah like like curriculum wise curriculum wise my favorite middle school book yeah. dang that's hard because i read a lot as a middle schooler that wasn't on the curriculum um I remember like Johnny Tremaine. Did anyone read Johnny Tremaine? I'm sure Canadians probably don't read Johnny yeah, Tremaine. Yeah, I gotta think the Canadian uh, books and the American books are probably different. Yeah. That, Mind you, we did read The Outsiders, and I, I actually really did identify with that book quite a lot. I, I was like a skateboard kid, so I would have been like the greasers, and I didn't like the socias. There wasn't enough adventure in it for me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later. Yeah, well, that's something we're going to talk about in a little bit. You gonna... listeners, if you could only have a have a look at what we have been talking about. In the group chat. Uh, well, we'll get to it. We'll get to yeah, it. Yeah, we'll get to it. We will. Matt, I'm going to tell you one thing. Since this is a little free form, uh, you kind of sound like crap on your mic. You probably need to sit up a little bit. <sighs> oh, like that's way man. better. Yeah. Right now, that's better. Yeah, yeah that is better. Yeah. Actually, okay, you were hold quiet. On. Hold, hold, hold. How's that? Like that. That works for now okay. until you move, move your position and I, I cover your mouth move. while you're talking again. I said I won't move stuff. I said I won't move stuff. Just sit still for an hour. That's it. Yeah, all right. I will. Just tell me when it's crappy and we'll edit it out and the viewers won't have any idea. <laughs> the viewers will not have any idea, but the listeners will. <laughs> Wait, this is not video? Why this is, is not video. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting here shirtless. What is going on? I thought I was being taped. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't have done a free form. This is turning out poor. No, we'll, <laughs> we'll get it together. All right. So this is what I'm forcing. This is what I'm forcing. I'm forcing a mock session zero right now um, for no other reason than I thought it would be fun. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a little character RPG character development. Uh, I want I've debriefed the gentleman here. I want to use the Rhesus or Rhesus rules, depending on how you pronounce things, uh, which is a four-page uh, free RPG. It's probably one of my most favorite RPGs because it's so open and loose by S. John Ross. Uh, I would encourage anyone who plays an RPG to go get this because uh, it is free. You can get it on um, DriveThruRPG for zero dollars. Uh, and for those of you who are not familiar with it, um, I will liken it to fate a little bit, um, in the sense that it is cliche driven. It's a narrative game, uh, not driven by your typical, like int strength dex, uh, sort of stats. Uh, really what it is, is you create a cliche, uh, and that sort of gives you all the rights and privileges of whatever that is. So, uh, I've been using this example all day as I'm trying to teach this game. If I said teenage erected man who has trouble with the ladies, that cliche sort of implies uh, certain things 
Um, it implies Spider-Man. That's all. I can't get past it. You're talking about Spider-Man, and then I'm I'm off the case of figuring out my own cliches. So, but that's just it, right? So, but you could make up your own. Big green rage monster. <laughs> that's pretty... yeah. If we were playing Avengers, if yeah. we were doing that, then yes, absolutely. But we're going to do this uh, sword and sorcery style. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, so this is this is what I would like to do. We'll see where this goes. Um, so I know Logan is a preparer. So I know yeah, he's already I have, he's, so he's already written bit. his. But we'll talk about it. And I want to like let's flush these guys out a little, these characters out a little bit. Let's actually make characters flush out on the fly. Maybe a little backstory, just for fun. Uh, I know Matt is not a preparer uh, because <laughs> he didn't follow any of the instructions and only now has seen the PDF uh, minutes before we're recording. Uh, so this will be really live. That is correct. All right. Except one thing. We need to retract something because earlier, Alex did not describe this RPG as one of his favorites. He described it as the best RPG That's true. in the world. I kind of do feel that way about it. <laughs> I'll back off from the best in the world. I haven't played them all. Uh, it is one that I love very, very much. Uh, I think that it's so lightweight uh, that it just, you know, there's just pick up and play. And hopefully everybody can get behind it. Cool. And it's free. It is. So even Logan can't complain about it. You did say there's a supplement, though, right? There's a couple, it seems like. Uh, as far as I know, there's one. Well, just fair. I saw on their website or on was it S something? Is it Johnson? You said it earlier. And I spaced uh, it. Ross is the last. Ross. Name. Yeah. Um, he. I guess there's a website for this RPG, and there's a number of like fan-made things, yeah. and some of them are actually sword and sorcery, which is cool. So if you don't want to like fudge your setting, there's some people that already like kind of. Hey, this is how that would work in here, kind of thing. This is a really uh, interesting little underground following. Um, I don't know how many people, to be honest, but they definitely have um, that that website that you're talking about. It's completely fan run, um, and uh, it gets up. It does get updated still um, a little less frequently, but the people who love this game are very passionate about it. Um, so it's cool. Well, it's got a lot of stuff. Sweet. All right. Without further ado, uh, <clears throat> we'll give Matt time. <laughs> so I've got my cliches picked out. I'm all done with that. Oh, you did it already. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't do I didn't assign dice or anything like that, but that's fine. We I don't think we need to do that. We'll just talk cliche yeah. wise cuz, you know. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, the way the way like I want to I want to do this though is Logan, tell us about your character before you even pick, talk about your cliches. Tell us okay. about the character. So, um when I read, I'm really into, I mean, they technically fall under thrillers, but it's usually like some kind of like spy fiction. Um, I like that as an archetype. Uh, I like, I like James Bond a lot. It's got, that's got like all the action and stuff that I need. Um, stuff like that, exotic locations, things like that. So I wanted a character that reflected that. So the one I thought of in my head, I wanted to be a spy. Um, of some sort, and just, did you say him or her? Him, okay. is it him? Um, I want to be not, a, not that that not that that was a big thing. It's just, right. Uh, just you wanted as, to know. As you mentioned, James Bond, it popped up in my head today. There was that click, or this week there was that clickbait article circulating about how 
the new a new 007 is oh, a, yeah, yeah. She's a female and yeah, like, it's the internet were losing their minds because they didn't um, read which, the article 007 as a title whatever in the exactly need for Diane Daniel Craig's James Bond that could be cool I will admit that the Daniel Craig James Bond movies are hit and miss um, some are really good some are not so good so we'll just see how it plays out right, um, but uh, D- Daniel Craig is still playing James Bond yes Daniel Craig is no still one... James Bond but 007 is a different character because yeah. he's retired yeah. which he was on the brink of in the last movie anyway so it makes sense interesting okay cool yeah. carry on but yeah I basically wanted to make a character that was similar to James Bond um, but I didn't want to do something that was um, British or even like Western European. And I go to the high Borean age standard for sword and sorcery. So he's Turanian. He's an agent of the Turanian empire. Um, King Yezdegerd. Yeah. I want to say that he's probably the son of a noble that was disgraced because of a past crime. Maybe he killed another noble person because he's a swords person. Um, and then his skills lent nicely to what King Yezdegerd wanted. And that ended him up in being the agent of the Turanian Empire. Um, but that's what I was spitballing so, with. So almost as a, a punishment? Yeah. He, he's yeah. like not necessarily enslaved, but like blackmailed into right, it. Right, right. Kind of given the... the... The, the grunt job, so to speak, uh, a high standing grunt job, but he's good right. at it too. Right. I like it. I mm-hmm. like it. So what sort of, what, um, what was the last mission that he went on? What did he do? So the Hyborian age is so rife with awesome locations. Um, and the Terranian empire, as far as we know, in like Conan's time is expanding or trying to expand its borders. Um, I think it might be cool if he went undercover as like a bandit on um like the the steps and like assassinated a chieftain um whether it's like a cossack chieftain or like a himalayan hill 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 chieftain either one of those would do i guess i hadn't really settled on his last mission but maybe it went a little south and that like he got caught so the the tribe that he assassinated the leader of might be like trying to hunt him. Ooh, I like it. This is coming from a guy who says that character, the plot is greater than character. Yeah. I I enjoy plot in my, in my stories more than the characters. That's why I read them. I don't know. Your character just defines some pretty nice plot. (laughs) I didn't say they weren't important, but yes, No, you said they weren't important. (laughs) So, I also imagine he is currently undercover on a new mission, which, because you mentioned getting his cover blown, could be like a potential threat, and I think that's a cool idea. Right. Oh, you blew that. my cover! <laughs> yes, exactly. Sorry, Arnold showed up for a second for a Total Recall quote. Matt just keeps him locked in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't ever know he's there except for the faint hint of stogie smoke. Yeah. So I give him stogies. Come on. That's all he needs. I feed him the protein. I give him the stogies. He stays in the closet. It's fine. I call him <laughs> California. All right. Move past it. So <sighs> so with your character, right, what were the cliches that you wrote out? Because I think you've, you've described your character really nicely, actually. 
Um, well, my first one, because this is an RPG and I am an action-oriented person, um, I wanted to be some kind of fighter. So uh, my in, in, the, in the system, I allotted four dice to this cliche. Um, it's uh, what is, uh, expert but arrogant sword, er, swordsman. I like that because uh, that also kind of plays with um, maybe being a little bit more of a noble of some sort. Has that right. that uh, nobility arrogance kind of in, bred into him. Um, my yeah. second one, um, which I allotted three dice to, for those of you interested in the RPG aspects, um, is Agent of the Terranian Empire. Um, I chose it because it kind of implies that um, he probably has some stealth, some undercover stuff, some connections, um, and he's working for an entity within the world, so that anchors him into something and has a purpose, which is evidently really important for a good character. <laughs> <laughs> Not evidently. It actually is. <laughs> um, no, it's good, too. And, um, you know, that also, like, you've declared in this fictional game that we probably will never play, uh, that there is some sort of an organization, government organization in the Empire uh, that that runs clandestine missions. Yeah. So for those of you keeping score at home, that's, you know, in, in terms of like uh, GM world building, that's one of those things. So the player has sort of just declared that that actually is a thing. So we all kind of accept it now. And what's yeah. your third one? Oh, sorry, um, Matt, actually, Matt, were you going to say something? Uh, I was just going to say, I, I just, I, I don't think the importance of that can be overstated where you have an RPG that's more so um, reciprocal or shared storytelling rather than just, you know, dictated by the, the DM, like to have some player agency or to contribute to the storytelling is like, I honestly am not interested in playing anything that doesn't do that, at least on some level. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I just feel like traditionally there's been a very sort of um, like the the GM has been more of an overlord in 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 people's minds. Uh, it doesn't mean that's the way it always should have been or the way it always has been. It's just it's it's a cliche in and of itself. Like I believe the GM always has the final word on things, but I, I love that I, I love when systems encourage uh, player input, especially as far as story uh, via their characters. Totally. It's funny. I'm on a lot of um, GM type Facebook groups and often you can always pick out the newer folks uh, because they ask very specific questions about that sort of thing. Like, how do I make my players do and then fill in the blank? Yeah. And it's kind of like, uh, it's no, really. <laughs> no, no, no. You give them offers they can't refuse. I mean, there's ways to corral. It's just, you just, you don't make it seem that way all the time. Right. And, and I mean, in my opinion, I've kind of stated this probably a few times at this point where, where the character is tethered Logan to the world <laughs> is where the adventure kind of starts. Right. I mean, yeah. we can say your character is on whatever mission they want to be on, but the complications will be because of your character, not because of a dice roll. Fail. I mean, some will yeah. for a dice roll failing, but like, the fact that you are an agent, right? You've now actually world-builded and character-builded. There's some sort of tether to you. There must be right. contacts or people you care about. And I've and I've had entire sessions, even as the GM, where 
I have things planned out, but for that whole session, it ends up being very much role play. Yeah. Very much character development. One little breadcrumb leads us down this whole thing. The only dice you're rolling are for like diplomacy, you know, bluff, etc. Um, and those have been am- among the best sessions. Yeah, I agree. They usually, they usually are the best uh, in a lot of ways too, just because um, in my personal taste, RPG combat gets kind of stale. Like you can. Oh, it, it totally. It, does. I will agree there. Yeah, that's why I like Savage Worlds and like faster systems. Like, right. Yeah, I get. I get. Done fast. I, I I'm pretty much done with any kind of campaign where eighty percent of it is us rolling initiative, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not that I don't think those aspects are important. It's just that I like the other stuff more. I, I will just play a skirmish game if I want to just battle. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I will say uh, I'm not an. Ex- I've said this many times. I'm not an experienced RPG player. But I ha- I own a number of like pre-made RPGs, like uh, like adventures, just to kind of see how they do things um, mm. and like understand it. And my favorite company is Raging Swan Press because they're like very <laughs> old school, and it's like uh, kind of yeah. like a halfway between Conan and old school D and D, which I dig. And a lot of his stuff, like he has maps for dungeons, and he's like, "You got your players got to take notes. They got to be prepared. If they need to run, they need to run. Like that's a thing. Mm-hmm. I would love to play a game like that because that sounds awesome. That sounds like exploring in the real world um, with monsters, which sounds cool to me. Um, I know that's not everyone's jam, but I would like to have a chance to play something like that sometime. I think that would totally. be fun too. I, I, I do think that that old school feel. You, again, it's always about buy-in. You need you need to have right. everyone who wants to do that, and it, that that itself also gets old after a while too. So like, it's nice yeah, to be able sure. to change up what you do, right? And, That's right. And when I, you know, if I play one shots, like I won't play the same type of one shot for my own sanity, uh, or if I yeah. or if I run them. Well, um, that's why I even like conceptualizing these things as one shots because that a one shot, even if it's the same characters, right? But that more so yeah. lends itself to different genres or, you know, adventure types mm-hmm. uh, right. within it. Like when we did, we did the Solomon Kane uh, game by the Savage Worlds one. Um, we actually had a rotating GM. There was three of us, oh, that's and cool. we, we almost did like a Monster of the Week sort of theme. So each time uh, we would just have a, a different setup. Usually there was some mystery involved. Usually there was some, you know, kind of uh, monstrous or, you know, a, a sorcery threat. Uh, and we just did it like that. We, we didn't do it for very long, but we definitely all enjoyed it quite a lot. And I don't know, I don't know why it kind of fell off, but um, yeah. I do prefer one shots. Like I want my adventure and I want it to be done. I don't yes. necessarily like the idea of a decades long campaign like uh, Robert Jordan. Right. Well, I think yeah. you know, given the uh, the genre we enjoy, <laughs> that's well lends itself yeah. to wanting one shots in your RPGs as well. Yeah. Uh, did you have um, another cliche as well? Um, I don't actually. I don't know exactly what it is that I would like. I like how so Alex has this example, and one of his examples, despite not being a sorceress character, um, was what knowledge of an eldritch place yeah that's super cool but i don't want to like ape on your idea so I, i'm trying to think of something along the lines 
because being an agent for a growing empire, chances are he's encountered some sorcerous stuff in the Hyborian Age. But uh, I don't know what it would have been yet. You don't need to necessarily have it either. You can uh, you can always develop it as you go. Right, right? yeah. And, so this is, I don't think that it's in the rules of Rhesus, but one rule in Fate is you can leave things blank and fill in uh, essentially a cliche. So like, I, you know, I kind of pair the two because they are very similar. Sure. Like I, I would say start where you are and then, you know, when a situation arises and then you come up with an idea and be like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, I can also do this. Uh, suddenly, then we start to form a cliche around that. Solid. Yeah. Cool. Matt, you want to do yours? Uh, sure. I can jump in. So yeah, I was the guy who didn't do his homework, but fortunately, I write short fiction, and I devise characters that uh, play in those stories. And so, uh, so before the most you, before you read thing... anything, any of your uh, cliches again, yep. let's talk about it first. Uh, okay, so this guy is called Razlan the Blade, and he is a... Interestingly, he's somewhat of a lone wolf, which is kind of a lame cliche in and of itself, but uh, he's also obsessed with his own pride. Um, not obsessed with pride, but he, he's prideful. But he's also boastful. So he cares about his name, um, and I actually, it reminds me of a quote from The Wire, which I wrote down, which is, my name is my name. Um, the idea is that like, that the pride matters and it matters how people, how people take him, how they, you know, that he, he needs to be revered to an extent, but he's not somebody with like kingly ambitions. He's not looking to rule over things. He kind of just wants to be a rock star in a sense. Um, but he's a knife fighter. Um, somewhat of a, I wouldn't even say a desperado, but desperado. <laughs> where where we catch up with him is uh, is he's kind of he's had to move into a new city because things went bad for him in the other place. We don't know why, uh, but he 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 ended up getting notoriety. And then he ends up in the point where it's all gone up in flames. Mm. So he kind of achieved what he wanted to achieve. Yeah, but too, but but too much. Yeah. You know, he he drank too deep, and uh, it it bit him in the ace. The candle so, that burns brightly. Yes, exactly. So uh, where the story I'm writing picks up is he sort of started fresh. Um, but I mean, the story I'm writing doesn't matter. I've just chosen this character because he's sort of fresh in my mind. Sure. So uh, that's who he he is uh you know he he's um he's an adept fighter he's quick he's smaller he's not a big beefy guy um but he's got a lot of pride and he, he wants to be noticed so my um my what do we call these the cliches, cliches yeah. yeah uh number one is that he's a vain knife fighter yeah i like that so he's, he struggles with vanity uh but he he also knife fights. How does that man, how does that manifest itself? Like I don't know, but I can guarantee you before his fights he's checking his reflection in the blade, you know what I mean? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's good. So he like gets you know, the kill like in the bar, you know, like you know throws the dagger or something like that and then immediately kind of gives like a 
at the at the ladies. Yeah, 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 exactly. Something like that. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, he's a vain knife fighter. That would have that was one. Uh, he's a bit of a drinker. Um, someone who will definitely experiment, likes to get out of his mind a bit, which is part of uh, you know it's a bit of a flaw because you know that tends to lead to trouble in dangerous sword and sorcery type cities. Um, also, you know, he might have not black oats, but he might brown out a bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a bit of a brown out from time to time. It's rolling brown out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's a bit of a vice that, that can factor in, uh, prideful and boastful. So he's got a lot of pride. He doesn't want to make, he does not want to be embarrassed. Um, and will also boast of his, the things that he's done. Nice. So wait. Uh, so break that down for me. So the first cliche was uh, uh, a vain, a vain, vain knife fighter. Right. And the second, uh, a drinker. Ah, uh, yes. A, a bit of a drinker. Again, you're not a drunk, um, but he'll also. I think the, is the cliche. The cliche should say a bit of a drinker. Yeah, a bit of a drinker. Exactly. <laughs> is it a social drinker, or um, does he drink alone? Well, again, he's somewhat of a lone wolf. Now, when I say that, what I mostly mean is he, he's not social. It's not that he can't make contacts. He, he, in fact, does. It's that he moves around because things just turn to ashes in his mouth often. So he has to go to a new city and meet new people is mm -hmm. what's going on. Uh, and then the third one was prideful and boastful. So he has a lot of pride, but he's also, you know, he's he's high on himself as well. Right. Which I think are different things. Um yeah, uh, has an almost erotic fascination with sharp edges. So obsessively <laughs> sharpening his knives. It's gross. That sort of thing. So gross and he feel bad. Since you, um, since you are, are just kind of new to it, I would modify probably the third cliche to give mm -hmm. you more functionality in okay. something. Like, it, it, again, if we were to, to really play the game, I think that, that um, the drinker one, so first of all, that second one, let's backtrack a little bit. You mm -hmm. might want to include like vagabond in that sure. somewhere because he seems like he's sort of a, a vagabond, which also which implies a few things, right? It implies that yeah. he may have contacts in a lot of different places. Um, sort of is keeps uh, keeps himself to himself. Um, but again, that third one, I would look maybe to try to have something that you could tap into as uh, a set of skills. I'm not quite sure where like the prideful. Yeah, well, there's something I, I I've had that come in. That'd be mostly plot points. So, like, say we're RPGing, and somebody like slights him, yes. right? Then I will be compelled to do something about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So it can factor in. It can factor in there. There's another little quirk too. I don't know where I would put this, but he mentions in the story that he always keeps his hair and beard at some kind of length. Reason being, if things go south. He can shave it all off or alter the appearance. Very and nice. So where, where we pick up in the story is he's shaved bald and, and completely has his whole beard shaved off. So you get the sense that he's been up to something beforehand, right? Nice. So the question that I have for you then is, uh, well, Lo Logan mentioned that his character uh, on his previous mission, uh, it went south. How did, uh, what was your, what was your character's name? Mine? Yeah. Uh, Raslin the Blade. How did Raslin bail Logan's character out? <laughs> oh. Well, 
This is interesting for a couple things. I don't want to interrupt you, but earlier you said that you preferred stories not in a city, but this character revolves around cities. Yeah, and I, I, I totally, um, I identified the irony in that statement. I don't think I wrote it, but despite the fact that the one I'm writing currently takes place in a city, uh, yeah, and it's not, it's not so much that I dislike that. It's that I actually find a lot of the things I'm reading. Uh, recently just take place in a city, whereas Sword and Sorcery does too. Do not get me wrong on that. Um, I guess what I'm saying is I don't necessarily like the things that are all uh, political intrigue, and that tends to always take place in a city yeah. where things are, where things are uh, brewing. It doesn't, mean, uh, it doesn't mean I don't, that can't be there. It's just I like a little, I, I, I'm sort of like you in that I want interesting locations, exotic locations right. I want. I want that sense of adventure. So it doesn't mean I don't want it to take place in a city. I just don't want the whole thing to be there. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know Political intrigue on the frontier settlements of Pictum. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, Pict. Uh, you're not listening to uh, our demands, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you talk to a Pict. Yeah, evidently. <laughs> Twist the mustache a little. See here, Pict. Anyways. Uh... So the question was, how did you, yeah. how'd you bail yeah. him out? How'd you how bail did I bail out Logan? Well, of course, I would use my... Uh, uh, where is he being held? Well, my last mission, I was assassinating a chief of, we'll say, we'll say uh, in the Himalayan steppes. Right. Um, and I got caught in the act and had to escape. And I suppose I'll leave it at that. You had to escape, but you did not escape. Is that what I'm saying? He's being he's incarcerated. I can I can not escape if you would like. Um, I guess I was imagining I am now on the run because they're hunting me. Uh, I see. Well, I mean, I could see old Razzlin the Blade being on the run himself to an extent, having to shave off the <laughs> having to shave off the beard, and uh, perhaps he left in a hurry. Maybe he doesn't even have. The things that he that he needs, maybe he's got a sharpened stick, uh, <laughs> and maybe he wants more supplies. So he might see an opportunity and intervene. Maybe he's going to try and ambush uh, Logan's character, or maybe his pursuers. Maybe something like in the 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 Jason Momoa Conan, where we're in a bar and I'm clearly in trouble, and the guards are looking for me, and you come arm wrestle me. Yeah. That scene? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I probably like that movie more than the other than, than you guys do. I, I like that movie a lot. I enjoy that movie. I think that I don't I don't hate it, but I don't really like it either. I, I can recognize its flaws and I can say that yeah. it's still better than eighty percent of other sword and sorcery movies. The, the script yeah. is not good. It is um, a good it is good as far as sword and sorcery movies go, which is not right. a high bar. No. No. Um, but it's uh yeah anyways anyways so i would say um i would i would sort of uh try and intervene on the chase a bit um i i would say i would like if he's on the run i would probably try and uh tackle one man rather than several would make more sense so yeah so you tackle tackle one of the the pursuers 
sort of have that yeah. moment where you guys realize the common goal? Yeah, and I mean, if we're tying this together, perhaps uh, I too have have some bad blood with this with this uh, army or these troops, and maybe I want to ambush them for the sake of my pride. You know, sure. Maybe they screwed me over, and I want to send a message as well. Nice. So, in all this talk, I actually thought of my third one. Yeah, well, what is it? Uh, my third one is speaker of languages, both living and dead. Love it. It's That's great. cool. That is great. Yeah, it gives you uh, obviously, you know, the implications of, you know, the linguistic skills, but then gives you that sort of. Uh, Eldritch or uh, yeah, you know, sorcery yeah, that's what I was that going for. Looking for. Yeah, I think that's cool. Uh, well, do you want to hear mine, and then we'll we'll move on to the 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 other segment. I could do this part all day. So yes, uh, let's be... let's hear it, Alex. All what right, do you have? So uh, let me figure out where I put it. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, even though in theory. I guess I'd be running a game. I wanted to create a character too. Um, I all too often love to play uh, some sort of an archer. Um, yes, so, yes, you do. So this will be uh, no different. Uh, but since it seems that we have uh, default default set ourselves in um, a particular age here. Uh, I, I guess I will go with a high cranian, uh, master archer. Um, to me, um, he is, uh, the, the funny thing is, is we're all, we all got these sort of like flamboyant type <laughs> characters. With Yeah. That. We're rogues. Yeah. We're all rogues. Yeah. Very much all, all rogue. We didn't quite uh, plan that, but I think we did, uh, we did these I in a vacuum. I'm pretty sure I mean, the podcast is called the title. Rogues in yes, the house. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so I, I view him as, uh, sort of the showman in some ways, which may be kind of a little weird for a high cranium, but I wasn't planning for that in the beginning. Ooh, that, that um, might clash with old Razzlin. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he views himself as, as definitely not vain in the sense, but he wants to, uh, perform when, uh, when using his bow as best as possible, right? Like, yeah, he's just going to blow my cover. <laughs> blow my cover! <laughs> Pretty much. Arnold, back in the closet. Yeah. Oh, sorry. But, you know, he, he'll let you know for sure uh, the difficulty of the shot that he just made. Um, and and just in general, in all, in all things, uh, he, he's, he's a little bit of a, a drama queen himself. Um <laughs> The... Oh, my arrows got dirt in them. <laughs> uh, I, I think that uh, an overly dramatic archer is, is funny, and you know, it is funny, and and I actually think that like if you had a, a small you know throwaway scene where like someone kicked dirt or something into his quiver, <laughs> you know what I mean, and he just is losing it. Honestly, and, and Logan Logan will get this, but uh, in the new Shira, because imagine I don't think you've watched that. Uh, the character, nah, man, I'm a full grown man. I don't watch Shira. The new, Shira's oh awesome. my god, the new one's so good. The um, kidding, the I'm character kidding. Bo is like, I, I didn't think of it until now, but is definitely like the the drama heavy. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, kind of kind of funny. The drama heavy archer. That is funny. Uh, an archer named Bo, also by the way. Yeah. Um, the names of the Shira slash Shira characters are terrible. 
But if you look at the old school Bo, he had like the mustache and like the yes. rippling X. He should have just been called Bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> Bro. <laughs> he had a stupid heart on his chest. Yeah, man. He was, it's he was more, something. It's more integrated into the uniform that Bo wears in the new one. Yeah. Like you can tell that it's a heart or like an homage to the heart, yeah, but it's yeah. not like, you know, it's not a blatant heart. Oh, man. He had like a porno mustache. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, he looked like hilarious. Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry, Alex. No, no, that's okay. Um, <laughs> he, my, my archer is is not quite like that. But now that I'm thinking about it, maybe he should have just been. Uh, ho- however, so however, he is dramatic, uh, but um, he is informed in the underground, right? So he has um, definitely uh, criminal ties of some sort. Seems like again, we all we all kind of pick that uh, to some degree. Uh, and he makes a living as a fence, honestly. He's a great, he's a great shot, but you know, he's a fence. That's what he does. Uh, and, um, in his dealings with, uh, with things, it's taken him to some shady places. So at, uh, one point he, uh, stumbled upon some ruins, which, uh, turned out to be this Eldritch location that, um, Logan had mentioned. So he has knowledge of an Eldritch location as well. Uh, and through that, he has a um, he dabbles a little bit in the idea of sorcery. He's not potent at all by any means, uh, and it often will cause him more problem than anything. Uh, but he's seen some stuff uh, not of this world, and it's at least opened his mind to uh, to be able to try to leverage that a little bit. Mm. I have a question about your character. Yeah. So. Going from our pop culture idea of what a Hyrcanian is, they're like universally depicted as Mongols. Yeah. Right? Yep. So Mongol horsemen, at least as far as I understand them, typically stay together in bands. Um, why is yours alone? Oh, that's a that's a great question. So uh, what happened was uh, he, he couldn't keep his hands off of the chieftain's wife. Uh, so that did not, um, that, that essentially ended his association with, sure. with the clan that makes sense. Uh, rather <laughs> quickly. He was, he was not even allowed to keep his horse. Um, ah. So he uh, was given his bow uh, and his right um, pinky finger. He was still allowed, like the honor of being able to use a bow was still given to him, but they did remove his right pinky finger. So an RPG aspect or like an RPG world, like if we were playing this, um, did you mention Hyrcanian in your um, cliches at all? Well, I don't remember. That's <laughs> I, fair. I, wrote I, I guess my, my question is like, if you put Hyrcanian or what would you say? Like boastful, um Hyrcanian archer or something yeah, like that for the dramatic yeah, yeah to me saying that it was Hyrcanian would imply that he despite not having a horse he is still a good horseman good point good point that's true that's am I thinking about that in the right no in you, the right you definitely way? in terms of the game you are yes and and I that was something so I, I rewrote it when I came home because I, I put it in a, a bad computer location <laughs> um, so I wasn't able to get at it. Bad computer. Yeah, bad, <laughs> bad uh, computer I did it on a different computer. 
And um, so I, I rewrote it and it did the best to, to my memory. But yes, that's exactly what, in, in terms of the rules of the game, that's exactly what that would imply. He would still be a, a decent horseman. Now, he might be a little bit removed from it, but in terms of yeah. making uh, horsemanship type roles uh, and maybe even some level of animal handling in general, um, again, and, and just getting into the, the, the nuts and bolts of the game, difficulty targets in this game are contextual, right? So, um, a, we'll just use like picking a lock, right? None of us are outright master lock pickers. We didn't choose that as a cliche, right? So a master lock picker might have a target number of, let's say hypothetically 10 to hit, right? So you roll your dice, you get greater than 10 or 10 or greater, I should say, uh, and you're good to go. But we not being master lock pickers might suffer a DC 15 right? A difficulty of 15 or something like that, just because we can do it. We could do anything we want to do in this game, but we don't have something that is uh, powerful and uh, uh, specific enough, I should say. So like I would use in my case, probably my underground informant and fence and justify it in the sense that, uh, you know, I've known enough CD people in my day that I've picked up a thing or two and try to make a roll on it. Now, the GM would say, okay, well, that's going to be a higher difficulty than someone who's, like, formally been trained. Yeah. So that's how the, that's how the nuts and bolts of the game Like, work. if your cliche said a higher-ranking member of local thieves guild. Yeah, right. You would have a lower difficulty for specific things yeah. of that nature. So it's, uh, it's very contextual and sort of uh, qualitative as you, as you pick as you want to go. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. That was Sweet. fun. That was fun for me anyway. I enjoyed. Yeah, I actually really mm. like the idea of the describing the little things. Um, that's fun. Yeah, I mean, perhaps uh, we've bandied around the idea of uh, you know having an, a special episode where we play an RPG. Um, I mean, it makes me think we should probably just go all the way, right? Yeah, I feel like a couple point. of our listeners have commented that we should do it yeah i think so too and uh if listeners of this episode do think we should then uh that helps us you know decide on our content a lot more easily so yeah yeah totally all right so uh so that's our little segment on um character creation i guess for session zero and like uh like matt said if uh there's interest we'll we'll play a game for sure um but for now we're going to move on to the Next portion of our little quasi freeform show. Uh, this one is uh, <laughs> the segment that we call "Pick on Logan," um, because Logan <laughs> has declared <laughs> that he only cares and is interested in plot. And uh, I didn't say only; I said mostly. <laughs> that is why I pick up a book. <laughs> so, actually, I, I think Matt, you're probably uh, the best person to kick us off for what the, the topic really should be framed as. Um, so why don't you go ahead and, and, and bring up how you were thinking about this? Well, uh, I, you know, I, I think one of the interesting things about this podcast is that, like, we all get along very well. Um, and, and it may seem somewhat surprising, but, like, we don't really... Uh, we, we, we've come to know each other, but... Um, we didn't really. We played a few games of Conan Exile yeah. together, and then decided, yeah, we hardly hey, knew each other. Yeah, let's make a podcast. So, I think we have a lot of mutual respect, and uh, we're all affable with one another. Uh, um, but like, we get into discussions through our group chat, 
which is basically when we're talking about what we're going to do for the show. Yeah. Uh, and discussions come up and we realize that like we do have differences of opinion as far as the craft goes. Um, so one thing that came up was, uh, and, and I, I want to frame this in such a way that's not like, yeah, I, we were joking that it's kind of a bash Logan thing, but it's, <laughs> it's not really, it's just highlighting the, the, the things that we like, uh, about, and I'm going to call it about storytelling. I'm not, I'm not going to frame this as literature. Um, because I think, I think it, this crosses over to regardless of the medium. So, uh, I was expressing how much I think that character is pretty much everything in, in my opinion, as far as storytelling, I don't mean that it is everything. I mean, it's what I care about almost entirely. What I mean is a story still needs to have a plot. It needs to have, you know, rising action in the climax and it needs to, it needs to function as a story. These need to go places. However, I straight up don't care where it's going in any point, regardless of how cool the locales are, if I don't give a toss about the characters. If I'm not gripped by the characters or what they want, uh, what they want to do, what they want to become, their fears, their anxieties, their interplay with other characters, their quirks, their dialogue, their ability to emote and for me to believe them, then I just don't care about the story. It's why I can't actually just watch and enjoy something like Transformers. Not only do I find there's a lack of characters, I hate all of them. So like I own all, all the of these three Transformers movies on DVD. Yeah, I can't I actually can't even stomach they 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 piss me off. If I'm being real about it, <laughs> I, I I resent their existence. I've never I, I've never heard of someone had, in such a I had the same. They do, man. Towards I, I, here's the, here's a true story. We went. To, this is the height of like you know certain popcorn movies were blowing up. Transformers came out, the first one. We don't have a huge history with Transformers. My brother and I. We went to see this movie with a, with a few others, and he we were like 20 minutes in, and he's like, "Bro, I'm tapping out. I'm not watching this." This is no good. I can sense it. And I'm just like, man, I'll stick with it. It'll be, you know, it'll get somewhere. I'm getting the senses too, that this is a bad movie. And, uh, he left, he straight up left and walked home. <laughs> That's awesome. I finished the movie and I was just like, you're right. That was brutal. And I've hated Shia LaBeouf ever since. Uh, anyways, I'm kind of off topic here, but no, 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 it's fine. I'm also is- really, really stupid, uh, because I assumed that you meant the cartoon and I, no, 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 no. I don't like the cartoon all that much. It's you not got the power. <laughs> it's giant robots fighting, and sometimes they turn into cars. Like if you walked into the theater to see a movie about anything other than giant robots that sometimes turn into cars and fought each other, you did not need to walk into that movie theater. That's what it is. I don't know, man. I this is where I, just... I this is where I don't agree. It, it's that. Even like we like the Marvel films, not because it's, oh my God, superheroes are saving the day from an alien invasion. We're watching it because we like the characters, we like the interplay, and we give a crap. We like the actors, we like the performances, we like the arcs. That's not deep cinema, 
but it's enough that I give a crap about the stakes. And I would say the same thing for the original Star Wars trilogy or, you know, other films like that. It's that e even if the characters are flat, they have to at least be charismatic or something. Yeah, you know I, I mean? I, it seems like people are thinking that I'm like, characters don't have to be anything. Obviously, that's not the case. That's just not why I pick up a book. Yeah, that's fair. That's it's so so, and I want you to get to that. So, I, I'm just giving my um, my standpoint is perhaps a little extreme because I actually uh, it sounds terrible. Perhaps the same as like it would sound terrible that I don't give a crap about characters if we were applying that to you. Which that, that's I know that's not what we're saying, but I don't care as much about plot. I I care. It has to have one. But I care more so what the characters do with the situation. So it's not to say that the plot doesn't matter. It's just that if you wove an incredibly intricate plot and had a bunch of twists and you kept me thinking and surprised the whole time like a thriller, then that's cool. There's value in that. But there's just not a lot of value for me as a viewer or reader compared to my, uh, my memories and my engagement with the characters. And I would, I would just add that, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit on the, on the character side as well, but I, I look at it from the point of view that how can you have any meaningful, any meaningful plot without flushed out good characters? Like, isn't there, again, I, I, I hate to use this word, but like, isn't there tether to the world centric to a good plot? I mean, if you. Well, well that's it. And we'll let Logan chime in after this, but before like, just to jump off of that is I don't even know how we have an adventure. I give a crap about if I am not totally into the characters because right. it's just all falls flat for me uh, without that. And, and, and when it comes down to it and we'll let Logan say his piece, but maybe we're probably talking about two sides of the same coin, honestly, we just, sure, we yeah. just view it a little differently, uh, yeah. but go ahead. Go ahead, dude. So I'm going to start out by reading the back synopsis of the novel I'm reading right now, because that's why I picked it up. In the remote mountains of Croatia, an archaeologist makes a strange discovery. The subterranean Catholic chapel, hidden for centuries, holds the bones of a Neanderthal woman. In the same cavern system, elaborate primitive paintings tell the story of an immense battle between two tribes of Neanderthals and monstrous shadowy figures. Who is the mystery, mysterious enemy depicted in these ancient drawings, and what do the paintings mean? Before any questions can be answered, the investigative team is attacked by a bloody assault made by made upon a primate research center outside Atlanta. The search for the truth will take Commander Gray Pierce of Sigma Force 50,000 50, years into the past, and he and Sigma will trace the evolution of human intelligence to its true source uh, that stretches the globe and beyond. That's why I picked up that book. It mm -hmm. mentions the character once. And I've read 21 books in this series. Gray Pierce is a stoic soldier. His sidekick is an Asian assassin. His co-workers are gruff soldier, funny soldier, and funny soldier's wife. That's who Wait, they are. That's what, who they've always that been. Is that their, are, that, are those their names? No, they have names. Oh, God, okay. The, na the, na the names aren't important. Like, I'm almost going to give credit. I was like, damn. No, no. Th that's who they are as people. Um, yeah, they have relationships with each other, and like it mentions the main character's father. Um, they're, they have relationships, and I've seen them grow slightly, 
This book is actually 21 in the series. Um, and this is the first time that Gruff Soldier has had Spotlight, despite being in like 17 of those books. I picked it up because I go around the globe. There's a mystery. Um, it mentions Neanderthals and human history, which I'm super into. Um, there's a mysterious terrorist attack. That's why I bought the book. That's why I've bought 21 books from this dude. Right. And I don't, I don't, there's no, uh, you know, I'm not um, speaking ill of that sort of entertainment, but that is a sort of entertainment. Yeah. That's like that's a comic book to me. Yeah. That's the sort of entertainment that I enjoy. Yeah. And that's, that's totally, that's totally fair. And I enjoy that kind of entertainment too. It's like, uh, you know, it, that to me sounds like a superhero serial, right? You know who the character is. Yeah. You know kind of. Basic, I could see that. Basic, yeah, it's their basic traits. They're going to have these kinds of adventures. They're not going to go grossly against type. You're probably not going to get a, a whole lot of growth. Um, but, I mean, at 21 books, that's really not the intent there, right? No. I think the intent is, uh, you know, action adventure of the week. It's like watching MacGyver or it's watching, yeah. you know, yeah. I don't know why MacGyver popped up of all the <laughs> Because <others>. MacGyver was <laughs> awesome, except when he wasn't awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, him being pretty cool. Without, yeah, without I, having I, read it though, I, it's hard to comment. Obviously, right? true. Uh, yeah, and, and that's I think fair. that you know, I would I would sign myself up to read one to at least understand the character, and then yeah. then I could make an argument for or against what you're saying. Because I my uh, hunch is that I can pick something out that I look at as character driven plot triggers. Mm-hmm. And and maybe I'm totally wrong, but I would I would bet that it still stems from the character somehow. Um, one of the characters um, is a side character that's from a plot point, but the other characters appear in every novel. Um, yeah, but they, they don't. They're just agents for the plot. They solve the mystery every time and save the world every time. Yeah, and either way we slice it, that's they're not selling character with that. Book yeah, series. yeah, that's I not what you're right. doing. Yeah. And that's and that's again. I don't I don't have a problem with it. It's just not what I'm drawn to. Like if I I would not read that book, but that's because I'm not interested in a, a modern day intrigue archaeology story. But that's just that's just about my ice cream flavors, right? If right. You, if you gave me a twenty book series of a like I've read a bunch of Thongor stories, is certainly no more highbrow. Um, yeah, I enjoy the setting and, and, you know, and the fact that it's sword and sorcery and that from in those familiar territories. And sometimes that's what you want. You don't want something that's deeply cerebral. Um, I guess it's just when it comes to the stories that are most memorable to me or have the most impact on me, it's, it's the ones it's, it's the characters I remember. Like, (laughs) It's funny. I always tell people ask me, what are your favorite movies? And I always tell them three Conan the Barbarian, Alien, and Boogie Nights. And they're like, <laughs> Boogie Nights? Boogie what the Nights. hell? How does that fit in there? I was like, why? You know, the, a 70s uh, movie about the porn industry? I'm not allowed to like that movie. But That's what it's about? I've never seen oh, it. Yeah. But the, the truth is, it's not. I don't like that film because of when it's set or what it's about. It is purely the characters. It is some of the best character work in any film I've ever seen. They're all colorful. They're all memorable. 
it shows their entire arc from when they were burning bright to when the 80s occurred and they just all crashed. And so that remains just a wonderful piece of cinema uh, okay. to me. And, you know, I love it. So that's interesting because, right, so it's how beauty's in the eye of the beholder, of course. Totally, right? totally. And, and you yeah. mentioned Conan, and clearly, by your own laws, you must view that movie to have amazing character uh, character work. And by the two uh, episodes and four-plus hours of recording, <laughs> uh, that that would seems to corroborate the story. Uh, but I, I guarantee you, you show that to... Uh, the general viewer and they'll say, eh, there's not a lot of character, anything here. This is uh, to Logan's point, very plot driven, but well, and, and, and I would actually, uh, I would say that the reasons I like that film are not for the characters. So uh, uh, that, that remains, uh, I, I like, so I have to break my storytelling into some compartments here because I love Conan that film because of the film work. So I love the cinematography. I love the the orchestral score. Mm -hmm. I love the. We know all the, the things uh, we love. We've heard the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Production design, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, so for me, though, when it comes to judging films, it's kind of a different metric than I would judge uh, my literature. So, again, I, I wouldn't right. I wouldn't put Conan up there because of the character work. I put it up there for other cinematic reasons. Right, and and I would also. Um... You know, I, I'm I'm just pointing out things and then poking holes in them. Uh, yeah. In in, in the Conan film, the there it's light in terms of character development, but mm -hmm. there we made a very big point in our podcast about the uh, friendship and buddiness of the whole yeah. thing, right? And that is for friendship. That is for friendship, and that is that is serious, <laughs> serious character stuff right there. Yeah, totally. Like, some of those un, unspoken bro moments that we that we we talked about, like that, you know, it's not literature. It, it there's a lot of things that are implied in a look, right? Um, yeah. And, yeah. And that is char that is really character work. Oh, and totally. They, they do things because they care about other characters. Yeah, right? yeah. And that's they, just they it. avenge yeah. things for other characters. Yeah, we're not talking about when, when I'm saying like character development. I don't mean like long drawn out passages that give their inner monologue. Right, right, right. Like it's it's it can all be conveyed in in one piece of dialogue or a character's reaction to another. Mm -hmm. And I don't I don't think I I don't actually believe that any of this stuff we're talking about. Logan's like, uh, no, it doesn't matter. I think no, he's just, not at all. I'm attracted to other other things first. Is, yeah, is more yeah, so the draw. Right. Like yeah. for the Conan the Barbarian movie, like we were saying, I had not read Conan at all. Prior to that, I was a mm -hmm. huge HP Lovecraft fan, still am, but I picked it up because it had Robert E. Howard's name on it, and I knew that him and HP Lovecraft were friends. I didn't know anything about it. But the second I heard Mako say, Let me tell you of the days of high adventure, <laughs> I was sold. Yeah. That was it. Damn right. Yeah, and, I mean, and that so that brings in another. You you brought up Lovecraft, so I'm going to stay there for a second. That yeah. is uh, an author. Uh, I I'm, I can't say that I have read every last little piece of Lovecraft out there, but I would say not known for character development. I was I was about no. to say the same thing, right? Like, I mean, that's a very that's... A, arguably there's not much plot either a lot of the time, um, but it just sort of shifts you around and unsettles you in its own in its own style. Yeah, they're creepy. They're creepy tales, and I mean, yeah, some have more 
depth to the plot than others, but they're that's investigating precisely... more than because like most of them, even the characters not named and it's in first person perspective, right. and the only yeah. like development is like you slowly realize they're crazy, and that's the twist. Right, that's right. Like yeah, and I, it's and finding I... out why they're crazy. Yeah, I like Lovecraft too, but I like Lovecraft more so for the cool concepts he's brought in, his world building, um, you know. That sort of thing, the, the the mystery. It's definitely not for the character work because it, that that's the aspect that leaves me cold. Which, interestingly, we talked about you know Howard today and Conan, and the idea. Oh God, are we going to crack into this? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, you know whether we classify Conan as a round, flat, roundish, what kind of character he is, and I don't think we ever we didn't really definitively say, but what we did. Um, observe is the fact that Howard, and I think this was attributed to you, Alex, was that Howard uses Conan becomes uh, round when he needs him to, really. Exactly. Yeah. He, he yeah. rounds him out when he needs to for the sake of the story. And the other interesting aspect of the way Conan kind of comes in is that you get more of a, a POV from the other characters like Balthus. Yes. Like, uh, Beyond the Black River is more so Balthus's story than it is Conan's, in my opinion. Right. And which Selby Born and Vale of Lost Women are not Conan. Well, Conan's not the main character in either of them. Yeah, and same with like people of the Black Circle. Uh, what's the uh, princess or uh, D, D, uh, the Divan Yasmina? Is it Yasmina? Yeah, I feel there's like there's like a Yasmina and there's a Yasmela, but they're different stories. Right. Yeah, sorry. It, it, Yasmina. I think. Um, yeah, I think that, that's more so her story too, and her reactions to the barbarian. And when yes, and when he brings her back to uh, uh, the the tribe, the hillman that he's with, right? It's her reactions to it. So, um, yeah, I, I he, mean, he plays uh, what I said in the chat when we were talking about it was that he often plays the straight man to the other characters' more colorful way, and like that's that's a reference to the old vaudeville comedy duels. Like one guy was like slapstick silly and the other one was sort of absorbing it and maintaining a, a very straight uh, persona towards the whole thing. And not to right. say that this is slapstick, but generally one character is more uh, colorful, whether it be hysterical or just green in the, the ways of the world. Um, That's and, right. You know, Conan is that straight and steady rock. That, yeah. He's kind of the, and he's also sort of the moral anchor of the story yeah. too, mm -hmm. right? He's the one, um, we get the sense that Howard is pouring his true thoughts into Conan. I don't think it's Howard is saying all civilization sucks. I think he's just sort of saying that like, you know, he, he's, he's giving, uh, paying respect to this, a guy who could solve the world's problems in those ways. And, you know, he's kind of fantasizing about it. Right. Yeah. Well, that wasn't actually as deep a dive as I thought that was going to yeah, be. Yeah. Cause I mean, well, if you think about it, um oh logan's not done no no no, no. Not like done. not by a long shot tower of the elephant like conan is mostly he's he's conan most of the time that's him taurus and yog yagkasha are more interesting yeah that's your straight, um, that's they're your more colorful man. that's what i mean that's uh Baylit is obviously more colorful right um valeria even like some of the one-off like uh, Bond girl type characters, we always get a section purely from their point of view. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Like what is it, Natala in um, Zuthal of the Dusk, 
and Octavia. Actually, it starts out with Octavia in um, not the Iron Colossus, or not an Iron Colossus. Can't remember what it is. Black Colossus. No, it's the one that Scott Odin's writing the sequel to. Oh, uh, Devil and Iron. Devil and Iron. Yeah, because it's got a statue that comes to life. I always get them confused, but yeah. But yeah, we like the. I I do think Alex has the point in that Conan is often, probably more often than not, the straight man, as far as the duos go. Yeah, yeah. So let's piggyback and apply this uh, to what we did in the last show. Let's use Elric, mm. right? So, in my mind, Elric, because uh, again these. Using, we'll use the sample size of, of the, the book that we talked about. Uh, he doesn't really grow a ton, right, character-wise. And that, that that's very plot-driven, I think, too, uh, which, Logan, maybe that's why you can get behind it. Uh, but there is a level of character conflict, a very high level of character conflict yeah. there. Oh, totally. Right. And yeah. he, I mean, he has depth to him. Um yeah, and, and actually, I just want to cut in there for a second because I hear that all the time is like character growth, right? And that being such an important thing as far as your characterizations. Ah, does I, I almost feel like some characters never grow, though. Like, how many people do you know in life are just that same person? And it's like right. they, they ebb and flow. They learn things along the way. Sure. But they don't actually change. And growth, to me, implies some kind of change. And I feel like you've got to have some of that because otherwise, why are you telling a story? But I feel like sometimes um, that feels pressed a little, a little harder than I think it needs to be. I don't, I don't think a, a character needs to, at the end of the story, I am totally changed now. Right. There's no, there's no like, real epiphany. Although, I mean, right. arguably he does have one. He's the, he finally decides to up and go. Yeah, Elric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I just, I just mean in storytelling in general. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I was just kind of necessarily. So you bring up an interesting point about people. Um, I wanted to say this. Um, like, and I know this is the mindset and the kind of entertainment that I that I am drawn to. But mm -hmm. I read, I play video games, I watch movies to escape. I know interesting people that have conflicts. I have relationships with them every day. What I don't get to do is go cave diving for Neanderthal remains in Croatia every day. See, it's yeah, weird I hear you. because I, hear I have. That's the, why. I, that's why I read. It's weird though because I have the exact opposite problem. Is I cave dive for Neanderthals every day, but I don't know <laughs> any really in, in depth people. Is that is that Preach, what you're doing Alex. when you couldn't it's like? So uh, strange. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> we can switch jobs anytime you want. And when Alex says he cave dives, cave dives for Neanderthals, he's actually shooting them with a bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah, well, from right. horseback, he rides horses into caves. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just thought simple. everyone did this. No, dude, you're unique. You are a you are a unique <laughs> snowflake, special snowflake, yeah, special snowflake. So yeah, I mean oh. that's it, it's interesting though. I mean, there's a lot of ways to spin it, um, and and again, so character we. The other thing that we did bring up, and I think it's worth mentioning, is that, you know, the short story format mm. uh, offers less space for yeah. really in-depth character anything, right? Whether it be development or uh, character ties or anything like that. So, you know, compared to having plenty of space in a novel to kind of dive into this and really get into the character's psyche, you got to move quick, especially in yeah. the pulp stuff that we're all talking about here. 
yeah, uh, you know, you gotta you, you gotta burn through this and a nod or two to their tether in the world um, is it, it may be sufficient. When yeah. we actually what was on was it on Scott Odin's Facebook where he was bemoaning the apparent trend that novellas are coming back? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. novellas. Novelist, that's he. You know, yeah. I understand why he's right. Like, ah, I do. Grumble. Yeah, exactly. I understand yeah. because in seven hundred pages, you got a lot of room for character. Sure, stuff that's not just action, but a novella, you don't. And I prefer <sighs> short form by far. See, you, which... well, yeah, you, you and I were both like, yeah, novellas. Yeah. have more of that. But I, I'm on the opposite side. That I think you can pack a lot of character in there with a short story level plot, and it still be okay. That's fair. Yeah, you're probably right. You know? I, I mean, I, I don't know. This is all, of course, it's all very subjective. Yeah. Something I wanted to say, too, um, with what Alex brought up, the short story, is that, like, from my own personal experience, as far as learning to write prose uh, with the short story format, I've actually found that to be excellent as far as um, experimenting with character arcs and growth and quirks, etc., because you do have so little time that you just, you only have enough time to sort of pepper them in. And then by the end have to have undergone, not necessarily again, like a huge change, but they have had to um, express who they were as a character from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. And that for me is actually a better exercise than I feel like if I, if I just started writing novels, I would be just, just blabbing on a page and it would just be so much wasted garbage whereas i know i'm in these narrow confines i have to sort of express who this person is in this short period of time i don't know for whatever reason that feels actually comforting to me and i feel like it's been a good learning curve and now if i were to attempt a novel i would feel more uh like oh my god well i can just pepper this in wherever i like and i don't know i just feel like it, I, it, I actually... it removes the urgency in some that, yeah, that's interesting. interesting. So I'm sitting here talking about how much I love plot. And um, so one of my stories got picked up for Death Stings by um, by Rogue Blades Entertainment. My editor was like, this one's way more character driven than your last one. <laughs> and then the one that she just edited that just went submitted to Weird Book um, is also, I would say it's probably about. 50 50 but it has a lot more character in it than i usually put in it See, so it's not like that, i avoid it it's all that poison we've been pouring in your ear no i don't know uh but yeah i, I don't know with the death stings one you didn't have a choice the whole that is it, about yeah that's true i actually really like the idea of having a theme to write on oh god that's god, super yeah. that's super fun to yeah me. yeah it gives you uh i mean a, a writing prompt is it's excellent that's, that's yeah. great practice yeah, with the death stings, that was the same. I already had a character um, in mind for that in a story I had sort of started. So I was like, "Ooh, perfect!" But it really is the one you're talking about. Is uh, it's an immortal, right? Yeah, yeah. You have to get inside of what does this immortal character do? What does he think of? What are his motivations? This guy's been around for a while, or will be around for a while. What's going on in his yeah. head? That is that is pure character. It, everything else is kind of less important in my opinion for a story like that totally all right so i think that that probably is a good stopping point for our little conversation diving into characters versus plot versus plot versus character <laughs> um, and in the end logan still loses 
No. <laughs> We're all tied because it's a subjective hey, opinion. Hey. I looked at I looked at the scoreboard and it was There's no scoreboard because one, my camera's Logan not zero. on. <laughs> Come on, Kohagen. You got what you wanted. Give these people <laughs> Can I you think... say welcome to the party, Richter, while we're still on air? Yeah, oh, no, it's uh, see you at the party, Richter. <laughs> That's it. That's what I wanted. <laughs> I, love that. I love that so much. It's my favorite Arnold line. See, because earlier in the film, he was like, hey, Quaid, see you at the party. Yeah, so yeah, he, yeah. He brings it back. He brings it back at the end there. In your talk face. About, talk about strong character That's development. That's character development. Right right? That's change. <laughs> That's the change that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Full arc. See you at the potty, Rick. There. Yeah. Um, so, for those of you still with us, uh, please let us know uh, what you think about uh, our little freeform episode. Uh, we hope that the character um, creation part uh, kind of tickles your fancy. Again, let us know. If so, we can do more of that sort of thing. Uh, we can start to put some plot to our characters and, and do maybe a little one-shot adventure. Uh, and we hope that uh, our little discussion, uh, like I said, on the, the plot versus character stuff, uh, it was interesting and engaging. Um, uh, as always, you can hit us up on the Facebook group. Uh, where else can they find us? Uh, well, they can always find us lurking in the Conan Gaming Group on Facebook. That's right. Yep. Um please like the the facebook page for rogues in the house um we got in the past few days i I imagine they came from the elric page actually because we shared it on the elric page right Um, we got five or six new likes on the facebook page yeah and i i actually it annoys me when i see like youtube people being like oh my god mash that like button or subscribe or like i get why they do it yeah um but they get paid (laughs) Yeah, they get paid, but if you know people or groups or places that you think uh, would really dig this podcast, please do share it there. It's like if if we go around sharing, hey, like our page, listen to our podcast everywhere, it's spammy and no one likes that. So Yeah, we look like douchebags. And we don't get paid anymore. We don't get paid anymore or anything, but our egos just feel so way better. Way, way better. And I want to say about that too, it really is awesome (laughs) that after we debut an episode, we get like, you know, 120 listens in the first day or so. Uh, you know, that feels that feels good. That's and it tells awesome. us, you know, that I mean, even my own podcast listening habits, I sometimes take days even to get caught up. So the fact that people are that willing to jump on or are waiting for it is awesome. So that's very much appreciated. Yeah. And we want you to want us. Oh, <laughs> That's a great song. Love that song. That is a good song. It is a good song. So I will say too that uh, liking on Facebook is great and important, uh, but reviews on uh, iTunes or iTunes Spotify. iTunes is going away. Actually, did you know that? No. What? They're getting rid of iTunes. They're making it some other. I don't know. What? What? I don't know what they. Oh. Um, But whatever. On the the Apple on the Apple ecosystem, if you like us there, or uh, sorry, uh, provide a review or give us like a five star rating, we pop up more when people are looking for. You know, there's a little part in the podcast that says, "If you enjoy this, then you might also like this." We would be the this, and Mm. I want to be someone's this. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 no (laughs) Laugh on that. Uh, and as much yeah. as it sounds like we just have a font of stuff to talk about, 
No, we we actually do struggle with topics sometimes. No, we don't. So no, we don't. We've we've got not a... struggle. No, but like we struggle yeah. agreeing on the topics. We don't struggle yeah. coming up with them. That's fair. We've, we've got a good bank of things we want to do, but sometimes it's a matter of getting together in time to record when opportunity is there. This show yeah, will I, never I'm end. I'm just trying to encourage people to share their ideas on things they want to hear about. This show won't ever end. If someone could just call in right now and tell us your feelings, then we'll continue to reflect while we're going <laughs> way out. Can we do that? Yeah. No, but uh, to Logan's point, sharing ideas on topics, uh, we would love to hear from you, and we will do that. So... Uh, in conclusion, if you are looking to argue more about plot or character, or if you are looking to build your own character, stay tuned. We got more coming, and may your swords always remain sharp. Dry erase markers, specially formulated low odor ink. Intense colors are visible from a distance. Perfect for dry erase board use in schools, small offices, and homes. Consistent color quality delivers bright, vivid messages. Add excitement, add emphasis, add color. Expo Dry Erase Markers. Hello and welcome to the Dry Erase Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kostopoulos, and with me I have my two good buddies. Logan, how you doing? I am doing fantastic, Alex. Excellent. Glad to hear it. And Matt, what's going on? Uh, nothing. I'm having a good time with the Dry Erase Podcast. Excellent. Excellent. We have a really, really special episode for you today. Today we are going to dive into the 10 best dry erase markers the dry erase markers they're all gone <laughs> logan you want to kick us off with our uh the first of our list yeah so the first on our list here is the great erase grip dry erase markers by bic i love that one that that is they're some of the best dry erase markers i mean that's and, probably why it's number one on the list right yeah right. and bic is just like a classic writing utensil company they're reliable they've been around for a long time and do you know what i do when i'm done with the cleaning the boards you know what i say i say you have been erased <laughs> that's true yeah i i, I do not say that but i'm right. glad someone does that's what they say in california there, there's really no <laughs> downside race. in california we got to do the dry erase because we do we have all the water issues we don't have enough water coming in so we have to use oh. the dry erase markers yeah so using wet erase markers uses more water so right. like you don't do have it. enough to fight fires it. we can't do it there's too many almonds we have to grow and they take a lot of water yeah you know I, I, that brings up a good point actually in high flood areas i would definitely recommend a dry erase marker as opposed to a wet erase marker because if the floodwaters rise the things that you've written on your whiteboard are gone 
that's not going to work, right? So you want something that's going to last. You, that dry erase right. stuff will not wash off when it's wet. That's right. The New yeah. Orleans, you don't want to use the do do wet erase markers. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Very, very, very good point. So, what do we have as number two on the list? So, number two, uh, number two on our list is Crayola Crayola dry erase magnetic eraser. A classic. That is a classic. Uh, Crayola, like you said uh, about Bic, I mean, a very solid brand. You know what you're getting there. Uh, you know what I don't like though, uh, and this one is, I'm not a big fan of the magnetic dry erase markers. I feel that they're a little too heavy. Uh, and then oftentimes as I'm trying to write, you know, uh, maybe like a necklace or something that I'm wearing, or, or if you're uh, a female and you're wearing an earring, it gets stuck right on there, you know, and that's, that's no good. You can't, that. <laughs> that is not good at all. The that has happened so would, many times. It, exactly. Right. I mean, I've seen it happen in offices across the country. Uh, I give this a really a, only a seven out of 10 in terms of dry erase marker. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. <laughs> May your whiteboards always remain erased. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Number nine on the list was Bored Dudes. <laughs>